Guys, this one really pissed me off. The Washington Wizards had a chance to get another victory versus a great team in their last 10 games, and they fall 125 to 124 to the Dallas Mavericks off of a corner three that should never have happened. The Washington Wizards and Rui Hachimura have had a problem with helping off the strong side corner all season long, and here it is again, costing them a close game they should have won. Welcome back to the Westwood Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Russell Westwood gets a chip at Always and Forever Art, and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. This game really pissed me off. Let's get it. Guys, this game really irritated me at the end. Um... I didn't like many decisions that were made in this game, both on defense and on the offensive end. However, guys, let's just start with the statistics to start, and then I'll get into all the specifics. Uh, Guys, as you all know, Russell Westbrook was elite. He was absolutely outstanding uh, from the field and in this game. Uh, He was 17 of 30 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. um, And most importantly, uh, he only had two turnovers. Um, He was... Guys, he was absolutely flawless. He was an assist short of a triple-double. Not to mention, he also had two steals. So he had 42, 10, and 9, and two steals. The guy is elite. I don't give a damn what anybody else says. Russell Westbrook's one of the best players in the NBA when healthy. Period. Period. He was absolutely flawless in this one. I was a little bit upset uh, towards the end of the game, but I'll get to that later. But he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, and just to have it, his true shooting was 63%, um, 63.4% on the night. It was absolutely outstanding. All right, so that was Russell Westbrook. Look, he was flawless. He was the best player on the floor throughout the entire game. Um, he's healthy now. He's starting to show it. He was getting to the rim. He was hitting his jumper. He was hitting his threes. Um, he was just outstanding on the night. He did everything and was everywhere. You saw him getting all over his players at the beginning of the game because it's like they didn't come out to play. He's yelling at everybody. He's asking, what the hell are we doing? And he he kind of reeled everybody in. They started to play well. They came back. They were down 18 at one point. It just sucks to lose this game by one off of pure just stupidity. Um, next, we'll go to Bradley Beal. He was 9 of 20 for the field, 1 of 5 from 3. He did hit 10 of his 11 free throws. That's where he got the bulk of his points from. Um, he finished with 29. 11 of those came at the at the free throw line. Um, he wasn't ultra efficient tonight. Uh, he had two steals, three assists, four rebounds. Um, you know, it. he could have been better um, in this one. Um, I don't know. He could have been better. I, if you look at my Twitter throughout the entire game, I just kept saying, Russ is carrying this, but I'm, I'm waiting for Bill to erupt any time now. Because this is the second night of a back-to-back. Russ is 33 years old, I believe. Um, it just, it kind of, he kind of got to the free throw line a few times at the end. Got a layup. And so, he kind of started to get his get himself together. Um, but the truth is, is he could have been better in this one. Um, I know it doesn't, that seems unfair. He got 29 points. Um, 9 of 20 shooting. 1 of 5 from 3. But. There were stretches where he was over dribbling. He was turning the ball over. He was kind of complaining to the referees quite a bit. Um, I I don't know. Um, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was that good tonight. And that's not any Bill slander. Uh, I I say when Russell Westbrook doesn't play well, I tell I say when Russell Westbrook turns the ball over too much. Um, I didn't think Bill was great in this one. Um, 
I also think that they had to play a lot of minutes, and that's probably part of the reason. I mean, Russell Westbrook played 40 minutes in this one. Bradley Beal played 37, and this was the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, Neto, um, there were stretches when I thought he was too small to be on the floor. Nonetheless, he made contributions, even on the defensive end. He had eight points, um, four assists, nine rebounds, two of two from the free throw line, three of five from the field. He played 29 minutes. Um, so that uh, worked hard. Um, he definitely surprised me at times. Some of the things he was able to do on the, on that floor. The Dallas Mavericks are a big team. Um, but he must get as I always say, Neto's going to Neto. Uh, Alex Lynn, five minutes. He was putrid. Um, I don't did he even have any points. No points. One assist, one rebound. He just was bad. Uh, Rui was very strong. Seven of eleven. Uh, one and two from three. Three of five from the free throw line. He had eighteen points. Uh, the thing about Rui is two rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, two turnovers. Um, he was solid, though, as far as scoring. Um, he made the colossal mistake at the end of the, that game that just it just irritated me so much. It's, offensively, he was fine. Defensively, he was not that good. Um, I'm going to put up a video on my Twitter, Russell Westbrook gets a chip at Always and Forever R, about that play um, on defense where he helped off the strong side corner. It just drove me nuts. Uh, Bertans, one of five from three. He was not the Latvian laser. He struggled the last couple of games. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with that. That definitely would have helped because the Wizards only shot 31% from three, while the Dallas Mavericks shot 44.7% from three. It's almost 45%. Like It's hard to win a game when I put the other opposing team is putting up 38 threes and they shoot 45%. That's a tough game to win. Um... Hutchinson played eight minutes. I mean, he had two points. He didn't really do much. Bertans didn't do much in his 26 minutes. Lopez, he didn't do a whole lot in his, um, and I think he played about 18. His 18 minutes, he was two or three from the field, four rebounds. So he had five points. He didn't do a whole lot. Gafford, 25 minutes, four or five from the field. Gafford was doing Gafford things. He had 9.7 rebounds, two blocks. He was great as usual. Um, he had some stretches where I thought he was over, he was kind of, uh, uh, Falling all over the place, uh, kind of not in control of his body, but uh, nonetheless, he was solid. Ish Smith played 24 minutes. He was 3 or 8 from the field, um, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, um, 2 turnovers. He had stretches when he didn't bother me, but he had stretches where I just thought he should not be on the floor at all. Can't shoot well enough, doesn't want to shoot it. He's... Um, He's small uh, for his size, and Neto's already out there uh, undersized uh, versus the Dallas Mavericks. So there were definitely stretches when I thought Ishmith just shouldn't have been on the floor at all. Um, but then he had a stretches when he was, like, taking the ball to the basket, laying it up, um, playing tough defense, you know, and I didn't have a problem with him being out there. So, um, look, the Wizards shot 51% from the field, but only 31% from three. That's the problem, guys. That's the problem. They, I just, but the Mavericks shot 45% from the three-point line. And a lot of it was we let them get in rhythm because in the first half, it was like, are we even going to guard the three-point line? Literally, Cleaver standing wide open. They were just standing wide open. Now, Russ snapped on everybody, was screaming and yelling. He got them together. But maybe you wouldn't be in this mess if you played defense to start the damn game. How about that? They just, they just weren't. There was one point where Bertans didn't even try to contest. He just wasn't going to do it. And there was a point where Beal did the same thing as well. Those are the two I caught 
Bill didn't even try to get around a screen. It wasn't even a good screen. Bill just stopped. Bertons didn't even have a screen, just decided I'm not contesting that because I just don't want to. <laughs> like, it was just him and his guy he was defending. He just didn't even try. Well, maybe if we played defense in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't have been in this mess in the first place to even have this game within a possession. But it's, you know, Washington Wizards, come on now. There is growth, but we're still, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Um, Gil, after being solid, didn't see a minute. Matthews, Bonga seemed to have fell off the rotation. Winston was never in the, Cassius was never in the rotation. You guys, Max Kleber shot nine threes. He was five of nine. Denny, Finney Smith shot six threes, or nine threes. He was six of nine. Guys, they were just standing all by themselves. Just standing all by themselves. It's frustrating, man. So frustrating. Let's let we'll get let's get into the details. Let's go to a commercial break and we'll get into the details right after this. Guys, first let's talk about the defensive rotation. Guys, it is a cardinal rule. I teach my junior high players this. You never ever help off the strong side corner. Here's the reason why this bullshit gives me a headache. They have done it all season long, especially Rui Hachimura and Denny Avdia. Denny's not playing, so I'm not going to talk about him. And he got better at it uh, before his injury. But Rui still not only helps off the strong side corner, he overhelps off the strong side corner. And it has not gotten better. Like at all. And so what I don't understand is to this to, during this 12 games winning, well, it's not 12 straight games, but you know, we've been playing a lot better in the last 12 games. It hasn't really mattered. Now some of those games really missed, but for most of it hasn't mattered. But to see it be a problem from game one, go back and listen to my earlier podcast, probably within the first five, you hear me talk about Rui overhelping off the strong side corner. Guys, we got nine games left now, and he's still doing the same thing. Where is the correction? Where is it? Russell Westbrook, here's the truth. It's an illegal screen, in my opinion. Nonetheless, Russell Westbrook gets illegally screened, but he fights over the screen and still right on Luka Doncic's hip. Beal, I don't know what he was doing. He's just, I'm going to make a video about this, like I said. I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm not exactly sure what his thought process was. But Beal helps. And then so Rui tries to help Beal off the strong side corner. Luka just shows it on over. And it's a wide open corner three. The easiest, shortest three-pointer in the game. Here's the problem. I'm going to point out all of the rotation mistakes that happen on one freaking ball screen. But the problem is, is who cares if Russ fights over the screen and, and Luka gets just deep enough to put up a floater over Russell Westbrook's outstretched hand from the side of him and he makes it, it's just tied. So what? So what? Then you get a chance to, to run one more play, which the Wizards did, didn't like that play. But it'd be a tie game and you wouldn't be losing by one instead. If you just give him, the t if he makes a tough floating two over Russell Westbrook, fine. So be it. It's a tie game. You drop a play. You you either win 
by hitting the shot or you lose. Or I'm sorry, or you go to overtime because it's tied. Then you got five minutes to make it work. Why give up the three? For what reason would you give up three-pointer? It just doesn't make any sense. I, I, I just, I can't. I just, I'm irritated at that. So I'm mad about it all over again. I got to sleep on it and I'm still ticked off. So what? Make him make a tough two over the outstretched hand of Russell Westbrook. Fair enough. Fine. Let him do that. I don't know why everybody, he was, Luca was one of six from three point line and six of 11 from the free throw line. I mean, hell, you probably could have fouled Luca if you really had to. Make him make the free throws. Can't shoot free throws for shit. No, I wouldn't have done that. The point is, is like the free throws only two points. The free throws would only be two points, or a layup would only been two points. A floater would have been only. You gave up the one damn thing you couldn't give up, which was a three, which you were doing all first half. Rui has always done that. And I don't know how it has not been corrected. You never, ever help off the strong side corner. Never. It just don't happen. That's like the cardinal rule. You don't do that shit. Nonetheless, he did it anyway. And then here's the other thing. If you knew you had a timeout and if they made a shot, you're going to have to call a timeout, right? You're going to have to call a timeout anyway, right? To advance the ball and drop a play, correct? All right. So why can't you sub defense for offense and offense for defense? Like, why wouldn't it have helped to have Bunga on the floor? Like, I don't understand that. We we keep making these colossal defensive mistakes during a time when we obviously need a stop, and we have a timeout to sub back in. I just I don't understand why we can't do that. Maybe Bunga doesn't help off the strong side corner. I don't know. I, I just I don't understand that either. You know you needed a stop. You put Russ on Luka. He was the one who got the most success all night long. I like that. I even liked, even though it was an illegal screen, Russ fought over it. I just didn't, I didn't think there needed to be the hell. Because if he makes a two, so what? But also, like, why we can't really play situational defense and offense in this? Every time, I hate the Wizards late game execution. It just pisses me off so much. Why wasn't it discussed in the freaking huddle? We're not giving up a three. Do not help. Off of a three-point shooter. That should have been said during the timeout. Because the Mavericks called timeout before that. No one is helping off of a shooter. Period. If you get beat, you're giving up. Contest the two. We'll figure the rest out. Not to mention, the play before that, Russell Westbrook came down. And he is begging Scott Brooks to coach. Go, I'm, I'm going to try and put that on there too. He's begging Scott Brooks to coach the freaking team. He's bringing about the court, visibly upset. Scott Brooks doesn't know what the frick to call, at least that's what it seems like. Luckily, Bill comes off a screen that's just so, it, it's just packed over there. It's just, and he comes off the screen, he gets the ball, he gets fouled. And Russ shoots the ball, like, you know how they shoot the ball after the timeout. He shoots the ball, and then he, like, races back. But he goes off screen real quick to Scott Brooks. And I'm like, I tweeted. 
sitting and watching Russell Westbrook begging Scott Brooks to coach the team in the dying seconds is infuriating as a fan. And I'm saying it because that's what the hell his job is, is to coach. So you tell me Russ got to get all the rebounds. Score the second most, well in this game he scored the most points between him and Bill. But be one of the top scorers on the team. Get all the damn rebounds. Get all the damn assists. Get two steals. And coach the team. I mean, I know I said he said he could do all that. He can. But, I mean, do you, I don't know how many people listening play point guard, like, in college or on, let's say, AAU, something like that. Or even high school, right? The amount of things, the amount of, none of us are pros. But the amount of things a point guard, I play point guard all the way through college and I play select basketball as well. The amount of things a point guard got to process on every single play. We are the leader. We are the floor general. We know where everyone's supposed to be. We know where everyone's supposed to go. We're reading the defenses. We're an extension of the coach. We got to score. We got to rebound. We got to get assists. And this month, that's what your job is, is to help a point guard. Now the point is looking at you and saying, I need your help. And he's begging for your help. Coach the damn team. My goodness. That's what it looked like to me. If I'm off base, fair enough. But that's what it looked like to me. And I tweeted it out. Coach the team. He's processing so much on his own already. He's begging for your help right now. I'm going to put that clip up there too when I make the video. He was hot. He was hot. Now let's fast forward. We give up the three like fucking dumbasses. We give up the three. Pardon my French. I know I'm, I'm just hot. I usually don't have that on my podcast. I apologize. But I this it just ticked me off. We give up the three. We call timeout. We come back. I'm personally excited because I see Bill taking the ball out. Okay. So I'm excited as a Westbrook fan. By the way, when I say this, there's nothing against Bill. I'm saying as a Westbrook fan. I'm excited because all season long, when Russell Westbrook in these situations takes the ball out, he has nothing to do with the play, and Bill gets the ball. Right? I mean, it's been pissing me off all season. I'm like, at least have him inbound it and then run something for him once he inbounds it. But there's never anything for the inbounder to do. I don't mean that as a slight against Bill. I just thought that meant Russ was getting the ball. Okay? So at first, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, Bill taking the ball out? Oh, Russ about to get this. That's who I want the ball. That's whose hands I want the ball in. I want it in Russell Westbrook's. Guys, Russell Westbrook never touched the ball. And the play didn't look like it was supposed to ever touch Russell Westbrook's hands. Bill dribbles it off his own leg, I think. Dribbles it off his own leg. And then... <laughs> Neto gets it. Neto picks the ball, dribbles. By the way, Neto has a basically a free lane to the basket. It looked like. But he gives it back to Bill. Okay, fine. Bill takes a jumper. He breaks it. Russ never touches the ball. And people, I know people are saying, well, we don't know what the play was because it got boxed because Bill drove, or Bill, Bill was supposed to take the ball to the basket. Russ was never going to touch the ball. So all season long, when Russ inbounds the ball and never, ever touches the ball, even if he doesn't inbound the ball, he still is never, ever going to touch the ball on the final play. Guys, 
He has the highest effective field goal percentage, field goal percentage in the clutch in the NBA all season long. Why in the hell didn't Russell Westbrook touch the ball? The hell? Why? For what? Who decision was that? Oh, now Scott Brooks decided to coach. He decided, oh, by, Russ, you was begging me to coach on the previous play. I'm a coach. Bill gets the ball. You just stand somewhere. That's what he. That's that's what you came up with. <laughs> the most clutch player in the NBA didn't even touch the ball in a game where he's down by one, had 42 points and had a 64 percent true shooting percentage. I think that's what I said. I forgot now, but you get what I'm saying. Man was on fire. Three of six from three. That guy didn't touch the ball at all. That's what you. That's what you drew up, Scott Brooks. Okay. Okay. I want everyone to notice. What am I saying? Notice the words that I am using. I'm being. I'm selecting. I'm articulating this the way that I am on purpose. Notice what I am saying. I am not saying Russell Westbrook should have shot. I am only saying, all I'm asking for is the most clutch player in the NBA have the ball in his hands in the final, on the final play in the clutch. That's all I'm asking. That's it. That Russell Westbrook will make the right decision if you put the ball in his hands. That's all I'm asking. Give it to him. I'm just pointing out he's been the most clutch player in the NBA all season long. But notice I'm not saying Russell Westbrook had to shoot it. Russell Westbrook will make the right play. I've seen Russell Westbrook pass the ball to the corner for Alex Abrines when he was on the Thunder because Alex Abrines was wide open. I've seen them pass to Paul George and Paul George hit the game winner because Paul George was open. And I've seen Russell Westbrook make the winning shot plenty of times. Just put it in his hands. You took away something so valuable to the Washington Wizards because he didn't touch the ball at all. He is dynamic. He is magnificent. And you took that away. You took that variable away because he didn't touch the ball at all. If Russell Westbrook gets the ball and starts dribbling one dribble towards the basket, it changes everything for a defense. But you didn't even give your team that opportunity because you never drew up anything for him to touch the ball at all. That is egregious as a head coach. It's just bad. I don't want us to lose sight of, uh, of the watching Wizards winning the last 10 out of the 13 now. I think that's what it is or 9 out of the last 13, whatever it is. I don't want us to lose sight that Scott Brooks is he's not the coach for a contending team. I know he went there before with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, I get all that. I think talent sometimes can trump a lot. But when it comes to situational basketball and adjustments, I just don't know if Scott Brooks is the coach to do it for a contending team in a modern NBA of 2021. It drove me nuts. The defense and I, this all drove me just freaking insane. God, I'm done. I, I, guys, I, I just I can't even talk about this no more. That's how upset it has made me. We got the Pacers. 
We got the Pacers on Monday. I'll talk to you guys then. This is where I'll break things, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the West Wolf Podcast. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Please hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, or any of those major podcast platforms. I am on all of them. If you like video analysis, please, please go subscribe to my YouTube channel, J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. And I put little clips, which I will, on the, that defensive possession at Russell Westbrook gets a chip at Always and Forever Art. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Westbrook Podcast. I am your host, J.D. Jackson. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Russell Westbrook gets a chip at Always and Forever Art, and on YouTube at J-Rock Soccer and Basketball Sessions. And as always, until next time, peace.